You're listening to the Ann Croker Writing Coach Podcast, where I'm sharing my best tips and training skills and strategies to coach writers to improve their craft, pursue publishing, and achieve their writing goals. I'm Ann Croker, and this is episode 237. How close are you to the shift in your writing life? I watched the professor of my advanced poetry class open the lid of a metal box crammed with 3x5 index cards. He wiggled out one of the worn cards covered with notes and held it up. On this card was the title of one of his poems along with the date of the latest version. Below that, he had written names of literary magazines where he'd submitted that poem followed by their response. One poem per card, he said. He tucked the card behind the month when he was supposed to hear back, creating a simple system to track and follow up with every submission. He showed us several cards and passed one of them around. I held it in my hand and studied his notes, scrawled on the front and the back of the card. There was no magic to his system. It wasn't fancy or expensive. Yet he was a respected, prolific poet on campus for a semester, showing us how it's done. When the last student finished looking at the sample card and handed it back to him, he slid it back in its spot. I stared at that box. I was in an advanced poetry class because I'd already had the moment. That is, I'd already begun to think of myself as a writer. I viewed myself as a poet. The day of the box was different. After class, I walked straight to the bookstore, bought a pack of 3x5 note cards and a maroon plastic box with a hinged lid, and then I headed to my room where I started logging each of my poems on those cards, one card per poem. So while I'd had the moment, this was different. I walked into that bookstore because I experienced the shift. And I think of the shift as when I shifted from viewing the work as an assignment or a hobby to something deeper, more serious, I was more committed. Like that poet with his metal box packed with poems, I too was committing to the craft and to a lifetime of word work. It would still be several years before I made any money as a writer, but I saw myself differently. I was a working poet, and because of this shift and the resulting commitment, I organized myself, however simply and humbly, with the intention of writing and submitting my work to publications. Looking back, that plastic box seems like so much more than a storage container. It held my intentions, my resolution. And I don't know what it's like for other writers, but for me, the day I bought that little box was the day my life tilted in a new direction. The professor gave us vision. We got a glimpse of who or what we could become. He nudged us to take a step forward, and it worked. I was ready to send my work. I was ready to ship. One card per poem, one piece at a time. I had to write the poem, record it, track it, and ship it. Seth Godin recently released a book called The Practice, Shipping Creative Work. On the first pages of the book, he explains why he chose those three words in the subtitle. The first word, shipping, he says is, quote, because it doesn't count if you don't share it, end quote. He included creative, quote, because you're not a cog in the system, you're a creator, end quote. He added work, quote, because it's not a hobby. You might not get paid for it, 
Not today, but you approach it as a professional, and the work is why you are here, end quote. Mm. Yeah, the shift led to the practice. The shift was my realization that the work was why I was here, a writer. The practice was how I would fill that box. Compelled to action, I stepped out and I followed through to get in the game and take the hits. I began the practice of writing, recording, tracking, and shipping the work. And over time, I saw new possibilities. Next thing you know, I was, in the words of Stephen Pressfield, turning pro, because the practice makes the pro. Jason Pinter, interviewed for the podcast How Writers Write, says, quote, if you're really going to be serious about writing and you want to either make a career out of it, make a living out of it, or even just make a little bit of money out of it in any sort of way, you do have to treat it like a profession, end quote. At various points in their lives, most writers do move through this kind of process or path from the identity of writer to the shift where they become a more committed writer to the pro. And they begin to treat it like they are a small business owner. And business owners have to understand their industry if they hope to succeed. Whether you're going into freelance writing, submitting to literary magazines, or pursuing traditional publishing, you need to understand how the publishing industry works as a whole and how each of those specific types of writing industries operate. Learn the industry, Pinter says, because it's not all about the writing. My initial training was in a university creative writing program of an English department. Aside from the poet's box of poems, I was never taught anything about the business side of writing or writing as a profession. After I graduated, I headed into the world. I decided to pursue freelance writing, corporate writing. Later, I stepped into the world of traditional publishing. I learned that it's not all about the writing when you're the pro. The interviewer asked Jason Pinter his top advice for writers, and his response was, quote, learn the industry and hone your craft, because those are both hand in hand, end quote. That is to say, quote, it's not just writing the book, it's how's your book going to bring in readers? And that's the intersection between creativity and commerce, end quote. Commerce! That's what most writers exclaim. That's like writing to market. That's how you lose the art of your craft. But when we treat our writing like a profession, I would argue we want to be the best writers we can be. So we can be both. We can improve our art while we learn about and build the business aspects of the writing life. Thinking and acting like a professional doesn't mean you abruptly quit your full-time job, though. It doesn't mean you need to rent office space and buy a new laptop. These professional business-minded decisions can be incremental, as needed. It can be a lean profession that grows slowly over time, step by step, card by card. Pinter urged listeners to learn the industry, but you don't have to start from scratch reading every article ever published all on your own. Others have knowledge of the industry and can accelerate your path to publishing. Learning the industry is easier than ever to do. You could, for example, research online, read articles, see what other people are saying about it. You could attend a writing conference. You could hire a coach. You could join a writing community. Hope Writers, for example, is a writing community that helps writers make progress while balancing the art of writing with the business of publishing. 
That's what they say on their homepage. They help writers identify what stage they're in and then offer suggestions for what to do to flourish at that stage and when the time is right to level up to the next stage. Whether you would follow their map or not, you need to identify where you are and learn what it takes to build a writing profession. Think like an entrepreneur launching a business. You'll continue to grow as a writer. You'll continue to improve your core competency, the word work, and the love of literature that got you into this in the first place. That doesn't have to fade. That doesn't have to be sacrificed. But that growth then that that can happen when you start to commit to this business aspect, this profession, well, the growth can happen quickly for some writers. For others, it can take years. In a recent summit presentation, business advisor Carrie Roberts pointed out that there's a phrase used in the running world that can apply to writers or to anyone starting a new thing. Your race, your pace. This is your race, friend. Don't try to run it at another writer's pace. When I dropped my backpack in my room all those years ago, after my big purchase, I sorted papers and I copied out every poem's title onto a card all its own. After one last search to ensure I documented every poem, my box was still pretty empty. And I thought of the professor's box, packed so full he had to wiggle the cards in to squeeze them into their slots. But I didn't feel bad. I felt like I was exactly where I needed to be. My plastic box had plenty of space to fit in years of poems. I was at the beginning of my journey. One day, I knew if I continued to write, to take my work seriously, my box would be full too. The box doesn't start full. I would have to write and send poems, and I would have to do it at my own pace. My race, my pace. The day I felt the shift... The day I turned pro was the day I bought that box and started to drop cards into it. One poem per card. That's how it's done. This episode is brought to you by Craft Your Book's Big Idea, the free three-day challenge. Gifted writers end up with fabulous book ideas trapped inside while this three-day challenge pulls that book out of you, walking you step-by-step through the process of crafting your book's big idea. Writers like you have been through the challenge and gained the clarity they craved. Now it's your turn. Learn more at annkroger.com slash three day, the number three and the word day. annkroger.com slash three day. And I'm Ann Croker, writing coach. Thank you for listening. <laughs>